Welcome to issue three of Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. I'm Andrew Tehran. Here's my co-host, Anthony Spedavecchia. Uh, I was going to introduce myself. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, whatever time you're listening. All right, awesome. So we have a lot of content for you today here on the podcast. So first, we're recording uh, July 3rd. That's today when, when we're recording. So if anything crazy happens after this, it's not our fault. We recorded beforehand. But uh, we went and saw Spider-Man yesterday, so we're going to talk about that. We finished up uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix and the Marvel MCU as a whole as it lives on Netflix. So we're going to talk about that. Um, yesterday was announced that The Walking Dead is ending today with their final issue. So wow, we're not going to talk about that because we haven't read it yet. But, <laughs> you know, that that's still big news in, in our in our realm, considering we discussed it uh, last episode. So for next episode, we'll do a, uh, a Walking Dead recap. Uh, also, we ran a Twitter poll. And we had some votes on it. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at NotAllPods. And our poll question was, with Keanu Reeves entering the MCU, who should he play? And your options were uh, anyone from the Eternals, which we talked about last episode, uh, Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, or Moon Knight. And the big winner of the poll was Moon Knight, which neither of us... I don't can, get it. N- neither of us uh, really I don't. Liked. I don't get it. I don't get Moon Knight. Yeah, well, people like him because he looks cool. But I guarantee you ask everybody, they really don't know much about him other than he looks cool. Uh, kind of like Deadpool, I feel like. Yeah. I, like now people know who Deadpool is, but back then they just thought he was a guy who looked cool. I, I feel like the, the general public. I think, I guess Keanu Reeves could play the version of Moon Knight where he just has the white suit and the, the white um, mask on. I think he would do that. I think it's a little similar to a John Wick type of thing, you know, running around uh, in a suit. But I don't, just don't think, I, I don't get the whole Moon Knight thing in general. Not just that Keanu Reeves would play him, but I, I really, I guess I've never read it and I never got that bug for that character. Yeah, I, I read a couple issues recently and I wasn't, crazy about it either um, i think it was just, it was too out there i feel like he's such a minor character i wouldn't i could see him popping up like in one of the netflix shows as like a secondary character that would just show up for a few episodes and then dip out but i just don't think moon knight has enough um it's there's not interesting enough stuff with him to kind of warrant his own show or movie or anything like that yeah i'm, I'm kind of in the same vein i voted i voted for silver surfer why i think keanu reeves would be a great silver surfer it's kind of like a callback uh, to what's that surfer movie he did with patrick swayze oh uh point break point break it would be so it would like you know there's a little bit of an inside joke there which i would dig i dig um but i think he would be great i think that kind of line delivery the kind of things that silver surfer says standing straight up in it you know on his it is bored in front of a nebula in space going the power cosmic and the uh, kind of pontification that he does i think i think keanu reeves has the kind of kind of persona that that line delivery would come out really good a little whoa there's earth 
If they do more than one woe, I can't. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Just one. They could do it once. Yeah, I actually voted for Adam Warlock. I thought he'd be a pretty good Adam Warlock, considering uh, if he grows his hair long, you know, just dyes it blonde, maybe you paint him a little, a little gold. I, I, I think he would be a good Warlock. And actually, Warlock and Silver Surfer came in second on our poll, so maybe we split that vote. Yeah. But here's the thing: Infinity War is over. The Infinity Gauntlet saga is over. Why bring in Adam Warlock? Why Adam Warlock? Well, there's so many other characters. Well, they already teased him in Guardians 2, right? With his cocoon at the end. Right. And uh, if Thor if Thor is going to be in the Guardians movie, I, him and Thor would, would, would be a good battle. Right. Because we, we know, from our last podcast, we know that, uh, and, and here in this poll... That Icarus is coming, and there's so many kind of Adam Warlock type characters out there that I guess it'll get just like lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I mean, unless you introduce him in Eternals, right? You know, because his whole thing is he dies and he's reborn. That's why he has like that that cocoon. So maybe, uh, maybe that's what they do with that. Oh yeah, and in terms of an Eternal character, it's thirteen percent. And we were talking about the rumors of him playing Icarus. But did you see that? Uh, um, Cap- Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek is 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 that a different character, or is Selma Hayek going to? They're going with Selma Hayek instead of Angelina Jolie because they couldn't close the deal with her. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, she's official. I think she's officially been added to the cast, and I I feel like you don't the Angelina Jolie rumors. Selma Hayek. The, right. Right. The Angelina Jolie rumors don't start unless there's something kind of concrete. So I, I'm beginning to think they're both probably in the movie. Maybe one plays. Yeah, there's space for them. Yeah, both. one plays Dina, one plays um, Cersei. I think that Selma Hayek might be playing the android character Elysius, and she was in the comic book. She became a romantic interest for um, the original Marvel. Um, and she was there in the death of Captain Marvel when he dies of cancer from his negabands. She was there um, in in that comic book too. They were they were in a relationship as he died. I mean, could be, right? And anything's possible, as we learned uh, watching Spider Man with some post credit scenes, which we're going to talk about later. All right, let's hold off on that because that's a that's a long guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. So we had the Twitter poll. It was great. Thank you, people, for people who answered. Listen, uh, we're going to one of our main ways of uh, communicating with our audience will be through Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, please uh, follow us. If you don't check Twitter a lot, every time you listen to an episode and you have an account, go check out Twitter. Say, hey, great. Give us a shout out. A great show. Um, we are looking also, and we'll talk about it at the end of the show, we're looking for questions and responses from people on Twitter. So if you reach out to us on Twitter, at this point we can almost guarantee we're going <laughs> to we're gonna bring it up on the show. So check us out on Twitter. Get, get in on the ground floor. Get in on the ground floor. Right, 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 right. Um, but great. So that was a cool Twitter poll. We're going to try and think up more. If you guys have an idea, if you folks have an idea about uh well, twitter polls or uh topics we should cover give us a shout out absolutely all right all right so we're adding a new segment to the show streaming gems streaming gems we don't have a jingle yet we will
we'll 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 think of something. Absolutely. But there was a movie I found on Netflix that uh that came out about a month ago, and I told T, I said, hey, we should check this out for the podcast because it's definitely in our wheelhouse, uh, of sci-fi. And you know, Netflix has been doing their thing in terms of sci-fi with the, I guess, pretty big budget considering the special effects that they yeah. use. Um, but the movie that uh that I came across is called I Am Mother. Yeah, I, you know, um, the streaming services, there's so much content out there. And sometimes uh, really good uh, content and really good shows, sci-fi, uh, superhero um, you know, genre films that are hidden there uh, that maybe aren't promoted. That you, uh, We're going to start looking for those and kind of uh, you know, digging deep into the, uh, um, into the search engines of these and, and try and find... The ones that are really cool. The ones that are really cool, the ones that we dig. Um, and uh, give them a shout out because there's so much content out there that's available to us for free, not just on Netflix, but on Amazon Prime, on Hulu, all whatever streaming services that are coming out too with Disney Plus. There's so much content out there, and we want to cover it. Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I am mother. We're gonna do a little non-spoiler discussion, and then we'll we'll do a little spoiler discussion at the end. So if you want to go check it out, come back and and listen to this segment later feel free to to do so but it's it's kind of like a uh a post-apocalyptic future uh, it's a it's a bunker movie similar to like cloverfield lane if you saw that or moon yeah. where the, the cast is extremely small this movie only has three actors in it and uh it's two live people and the voice of the robot who's called mother who i think is rose Byrne is the the actress she played um is it more McTaggart McTaggart. In, uh, oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. rose Byrne. right yeah, yeah, right. So she's in it. Uh, Hillary Swank is also in it. She plays a character just named Woman. And then the the premise of the movie is the robot is trying to regrow humanity from, uh, would you call it a test tube or like a Petri dish? Yeah, like zygotes, uh, a whole library of fertilized zygotes uh, in this huge chamber. And it's like, what is it, like 40,000 potential human beings that could repopulate the species, right? Right, that are basically like in storage. So, um, right, right, right. The the robot mother just picks one at random if if she wants a boy or a girl and throws it in. I guess kind of like an incubator and basically grows a daughter. So the whole story is the daughter growing up in this situation. And I guess that's kind of all we could really say, right? What I liked about this was that you know how it's kind of like a a class on how to write your first science fiction movie script. Because um, what they used to call this, what they still call it, is a bottle show. And this was something I learned back when they were in the 90s, when they were taking submissions for Star Trek The Next Generation. And back then, they would take script submissions, and they would call, call them bottle shows. And I was reading something about them reaching out and saying, listen, if you're going to write a script for us, write a bottle show. Write a script that takes place on only the sets that are already built for Star Trek, the bridge, the medical bay, captain's ready room, you know, all these places. And so they don't have to build any new sets, don't have them go to a planet and keep the characters, just the characters that we have. Don't reach out and try and get other, um, a huge, huge cast. Don't have a land battle. Don't have Riker fight an eight-armed monkey. Uh, because the special effects and the budget, they want to find a kind of show that could actually be done 
in a small contained area and that's called a bottle show and that's just for budgetary reasons but it really kind of forces a writer also to talk about and and create a script that's really based on character and what really works in I Am Mother is this idea you have like it was it a 12 year old girl she was 12 year old right and the robot and most of the first half of the movie it's just the first the, the first act of this movie is just a young girl talking to a robot. Um, now, there's some special effects going on with a robot, but the way you, special effects are going now, you can kind of get the model of the robot and have that going on. It's not that it's not budget breaking to do that. And it was really about the character of the robot and the character of this young girl and their interrelations in this in this weird context that they're seeing this mother daughter uh, you know, the robot being the, the proxy mother for this uh, child or the real mother, you could say. Um, yeah. And the, and the, uh, and that's yeah. And the, the one thing with the relationship that I found that was oddly creeping yet creepy yet soothing at the same time was the mother would sing um, the song from Dumbo, the baby mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. To 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 the daughter and it's really creepy to see the robot like basically holding her like a baby and petting her it it, it was very similar to me with um in age of ultron where ultron busts out and he's doing uh the pinocchio no strings uh monologue it it brought back that that same visual it was it was really 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 neat i i, I enjoyed this movie yeah it's it's really if you have nothing to watch on you know, go. Oh, what do I? I don't know what to watch tonight. On you know, and you're in front of your TV, or in front of your computer. Check this one out. It's really good. Uh, Hillary Swank is in it. Hillary Swank does just just a great job in in the in the the movie. Yeah. So it's it's only an hour and I think forty five an hour and fifty minutes. So it's not a super long yeah. time commitment. Not a big commitment. We're not asking you to watch eight episodes right, or something. Right. Right. But I, I guess now if we want to jump into spoilers. Because once Hillary Swank enters right. the the picture, now now come a little bit of spoilers. So we'll give you a little time yeah, to right. breathe in case you want to stop. S- spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Woo, woo. <laughs> little siren for you. All right. Uh, All right. So they keep it vague. What really is going on? Right. 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 So Hillary Swank shows up. She's been shot. Right. And um, let me into the bunker. The let daughter, me into the bunker. Right. Exactly that kind of thing. And the the daughter. Um, basically thought she was the last human on earth this whole time. Right. So Hillary Swank shows up and now the movie turns into uh from a child growing up to questioning everything she thought was real or, or believed in. Yeah, at that point that the the how old is uh, uh the child? I would say uh, when 16. when Hillary Swank like 16, 16 something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be my guess. And the essential conflict that the child main character has is who does she trust? Right. Does she believe the robot who she's had this relationship with for the you know her entire life, and then the first human being she's ever met comes in and says, "No, this is all a lie," and she has, to, and that's the, that's the central emotional con, uh, conflict of the piece. Do I believe the robot or do I believe uh, right. the Hillary Swank character? And uh, that that's where things get interesting. So right. It, it ends up being a little bit of both. Right, right, right. Right? Be- because the, the robot, or, or mother, basically starts feeding half-truths. Right, right. And you don't really get the sense if Hillary Swank is fully lying or not, which w- was interesting. But she believed but it. She, I, right. I think she she believed the whole thing because doesn't doesn't the robot at the end, it's like, yeah, there were other people in that 
cave and they had died. Well, Hillary Swank was lying because she was like, oh, there's still people in the cave. And then Hillary Swank is like, oh, but they died. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. so here, here let, let's back up one second. So Hillary Swank is trying to get the daughter out of the bunker. Right, out of the bunker. You got to leave the on. bunker. The, the right. robot is dangerous. They're out. They, they, they right, kill exactly. humanity. Right. Right. And while Hillary Swank is recovering from her injuries, the mother decides to create another baby to get the daughter to stay. So now it's, it's do I stay and, and help my brother or do I go with this woman that I don't know? Right, right. And basically they, they escape the bunker and the daughter's whole thing is I'm going back to get my brother. Right, right. And and this is the part of the movie where... Because the, the daughter becomes a mother. She has to take the, the role caretaker, of Caretaker, basically, yeah. The mother. Right. And right, right, and this right, is the part right. where I'm like, oh, this is a normal, typical movie. She's going to leave. She's going to go stay with Hilary Swank. And it's going to be happily ever after. And they're going to repopulate. And there's going to be a whole civilization. Yeah, They didn't go that way at all, which, uh, you know, which, which surprised me. And I, I'm glad they didn't because it, it was cool to see something different. So, But they did not completely go that way, right? Because... Well, well you expected a daughter was going to go back and get her brother, right? Right. That, that was expected. What I didn't expect was that she was just going to stay there with him. Right. I figured she was going to go get the brother, run back out, and go to Hillary Swank. But she ends up staying with him, and you assume raises the the baby. Right. The interest, the more interesting twist to me though was Hillary Swank gets back to her cave uh, area, and a robot comes in to speak with her, and that's where her character kind of ends. You're assuming that the robot probably killed her, right? Yeah, because outside the bunker, there's a whole army of robots, and it and it's revealed that it's all one artificial intelligence controlling all these robots. Right. Right. Now, at the very end, it, it, you know, what does the robot say there to the daughter character? She gives her the responsibility of, of raising everything, right? Does she, does well, the, she gives it a choice to kind of destroy, right? Isn't it like destroy everything or right. rebuild? Because the robots are all of a sudden like, replanting cornfields to feed uh, an entire human population that they were they're about to repopulate right 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 so it's 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 a really good hour 45 minutes well done um really visually looks great yeah yeah, it's stunning yeah yeah. Uh, you know the the character designs in a robot are, are really really cool yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out yeah. now that we ruined the whole thing for you. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's why we had a spoiler alert. Yeah. But check it out. Just if, if you're a Hillary Swank fan, you got to um, definitely check this out. And, you know, even it, there's no major surprises in it. And even if it's spoiled for you, I think the, the, the strength of the character relationships and the execution of that is worth it enough to go and, and watch it. Yeah, and like, like I said... Time the the runtime of the movie is short enough to keep you interested. I, I think for the whole time, um, just to see where where it goes. But yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, two thumbs up. Well, that's uh, we can't say two thumbs up because I think that's uh, that's copyrighted. That copyright protection, uh, Cisco okay. and Ebert, right? We have to have a, we have to. Oh, here it is. We have to have our four, own four thumbs up. We count mine right. and yours together. <laughs> right, four right. thumbs up. <laughs> we have to. How about let's reach out to our audience and reach out to us and help us come up with a ranking system for the show. There you go. Uh, I don't know how many how many capes. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, how many capes? Uh, cape or no? cape i don't know you help us figure out uh, a ranking system that's that's not a bad thing but we flip it no cape is good because not all podcasts wear capes <laughs> right, right? right 
So that was I Am Mother in our first Streaming Gems segment. All right, so we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, which we went and saw yesterday. Fresh in our minds, we watched it at an early show yesterday, um, and Marvel does it again. A great, entertaining movie that it's filled with uh, fun, heart, uh, and, of course, connectivity and jokes. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's a Marvel film. That's that's the best way to put it. It's a Marvel film, and it's it's great. I mean, right, right, right. They right. they just continue to knock it out of the park with these, and you know, even the even the bad ones are still pretty good. Yeah, and and, and this is by no means a bad one. No, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. This is uh, it's uh, really good, and kind of like there's so many good ones. It's like even if we were trying to rank those kind of things, um, uh, I'm gonna say it's splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, it's be splitting hairs. I think it's about at the same quality as homecoming i think they're right there together so if you liked homecoming you will not be disappointed with this one the tone and the mood and the connectivity with the rest of the marvel universe mcu is all present all there uh and uh, we'll do non-spoilers first uh and then go into spoilers but having said that it is essential uh, marvel cinematic universe uh viewing this is not one you can skip um because it has real yeah wait hold on if you haven't seen endgame yet a lot of this movie a lot of this movie i mean the first second of this movie will spoil endgame for you so it's kind of hard for us to not talk about endgame or talk about this movie without ruining endgame so if you haven't seen that either you're going to want to come back because... Uh, so, right, right. you got to, one, go out and see Endgame. Two, go out and see Spider-Man Far From Home and then come and watch this. And if you haven't seen Endgame, I doubt that there's anybody listening to this podcast that hasn't seen Endgame. Yeah. You're in the wrong place if you haven't gone out. <laughs> hey, you never know, right? You never know what our, right, our you never know. We just might have people like like my mom uh, supporting us or my dad who, yeah. who I know have not seen Endgame, but... You know, I don't even know if they're listening. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi, mom. Hi, dad. <laughs> but but if they were to watch Endgame, they would be they would not know what's happening. Where who are all these people? Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So, but we'll start with for uh, the, the spoilers for Endgame. But right now, we'll start with non spoilers for uh, Spider Man Far From Home. But we'll quickly go into spoilers. But we'll announce yeah. it. Go ahead. Start it off. Jake Gyllenhaal um, as the Mysterio character, he did a really good job. Definitely a solid job. Uh, good casting. Mysterio was cool. Yeah, Mysterio was cool. Mysterio, Mysterio was, cool. was cool. I I really like that they're they're going with villains that we haven't seen before in these movies with the, the Vulture in the last one and now now Mysterio, who are quote unquote some of the corny villains. Right, and you know what? And and I you like know? that about um, except for Spider Man. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, I like that every single Spider-Man since the very first Tobey Maguire one has different villains. Uh, I mean, they rehashed... Um, Green Goblin a little bit, yeah. The ho- Green Goblin, right? But but not a lot. Um, even that Amazing Spider-Man 2 had Electro and Rhino in it, right? Right. But, you know, we started off with 
Tobey Maguire started off with Green Goblin. Then they went to Doc uh, Dr. Octopus. Then they went to Sandman and Venom. Then they went to, uh, what was the first amazing? The Lizard. The Lizard. Lizard. So, and, and you know what? Spider-Man has, even past Batman, has the lar- he has the largest rogues gallery of any superhero, really. So they could go and make 10 more films and not have to bring anybody yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's tons. I, I even thought they might have thrown in a couple more in this movie that, um, you know, just to kind of have right. out there. So uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it right now. I think we let's just jump into spoilers because then we'll have to go do it twice. Yeah, it's kind of hard so, to, to so jump So if around. you have not seen it, right. shut off your podcast, your your phone, your computer, whatever, and go out and see it. Go buy your tickets uh, and go out and check it out. It's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now, Mysterio, boom. In our last podcast, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. In our last podcast, don't trust anything Mysterio says. And guess what? Peter trusted what he said, and there (laughs) you go. Your plot's in motion. You can't trust Mysterio. Boom. He is the bad guy. Uh, Mysterio is not a hero. Uh, um, uh, Mysterio's costume is great. How they did it. Um, how how when you're looking at the trailers and he has the triangles uh, coming out of his hands, so it's kind of like Doctor Strange but green and triangular. They even kind of reference that in the film where they're like confusing him with Doctor Strange. Who confused him with Doctor Strange? Oh yeah, um... somebody was on the phone. Was it Peter on the phone with Aunt May, or was one of the other kids? I think so. Oh, it's not Doctor Strange. It's uh, it's. it's... To do it. Yeah. yeah 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 but yeah he he was he was great he was really good when the beginning you actually believe that are they really going the hero route with this guy yeah because it was it was believable and um you know when, when they they do the reveal that he's not who he says he is he becomes a mustache twirling monologue and yeah yeah, 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 yeah cliche but it's not done in such in a regular cliche way which i thought was pretty great and here's the thing. I, I think maybe we complained a little bit about the the trailer going, oh, it revealed too much of the movie. But they were manipulating us. They did reveal a lot. But throwing that multiverse thing out there, especially in terms of the contract, uh, the context of uh, Sony's... Uh, Sp- Spider-Verse, yeah. Yeah, Spider-Verse film. You're like, oh my gosh, they're going to do a thing. And he's coming from another alternate dimension. And it mixed everything up in everybody's head. So they're like, what What are they really doing with Mysterio? This is not like the normal thing. So people were so anxious to kind of be like, oh, is there going to be a Spider-Verse? And it was just Mysterio BSing everybody. Yeah, at, at first I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, oh, there goes, you know, any shot at maybe a live action Spider-Verse with Tobey Maguire or uh, Andrew yeah. Garfield. But you know, Doctor Strange and other characters have already established that the multiverse exists, so it's it's not that it's they they couldn't do it anyway, right? But I I was and thinking, not that the multiverse won't come up later, right? In in, in the right. future, it's but, just um, not in this film. Yeah, but but watching this movie, I'm like, oh, they're just gonna say Mysterio's from another Earth and his powers are from that Earth, and it's gonna be kind of an easy cop out or whatever. Yeah. So I was kind of feeling that way going in. And then it's not that at all. It's um, it's actually Stark Tech that he's using to create all these illusions, which was right, right, pretty right. awesome. And him and and his quote unquote henchmen basically are all yeah. spurn Stark former employees. Right, right, right. Which 
which was all the way back to all the way back to Iron Man one. Iron Man one. Ah, little bit of trivia here. I don't know if you know this one. That character who was uh, from Iron Man one, who um, he was yelling at in Iron Man one. Obadiah Strain. Obadiah Strain, right? Okay. uh, Uh, Played by Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, the dude. The dude. He was yelling. You know who play? Who's the actor who plays that character? No. Ralphie from the Christmas Story played that character in Iron Man One, and he is back in Spider Man Far From Home playing that Frankie from uh, Ralphie from a yeah, Christmas Story. I, I did not know that. That's interesting. What's the actor's name? Uh, Peter Billingsley. Peter Billingsley, right? Yeah. Awesome. That's fun. The fun. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So it was. It's fun to find out. You know what? I I wonder if John Favreau called him up and said, "Hey, what are you doing? I I got a I got a part for you." Right, John Favreau and him are friends, is my understanding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that's interesting. So that's why he was in the original, and then you know, of course, they bring him back for this for the. Yeah. So all so so Mysterio has an entire like film crew of former Star Stark. Uh, employees who are, 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 are jaded Stark employee, former Stark employees who had been fired and who'd been mistreated, and they all are coming back to take control of the Stark tech, which also, uh, I don't know if we talked about it in the last podcast, but uh, uh, Anthony, you called it with, oh, those are uh, those are uh, Stark tech glasses. Those are the glasses that Tony was wearing in. That, that um, he gave to Peter, yeah. Right, that he was wearing in Infinity War. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. So, so that's the MacGuffin. The glasses are right. the MacGuffin. Right. And Mysterio basically tricks Peter into giving it to him, which. Uh... Right. Right. And those glasses control all of the Stark technology that has uh, satellites with a complete drone army, um, and really, you become right with with those glasses. You gain all the technolo- technological uh, amazingness that was at uh, that uh, at Tony Stark's that Tony disposal. Stark had it had it at his fingertips, right? Yep. Uh, so you have that kind of power that um, behind you if yeah. you if you are in control of those glasses, right? And uh, what, what what always amazes me with with these movies is when they show a scene from a different movie. So in this case, they used uh, Civil War when Tony was demonstrating his technology. And the camera pans off, and you see Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be on the side of the stage the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Every time I see a scene like that, I'm always like, "Did they reshoot that from a different angle, or did they just digitally put somebody in? Like, how do they do it?" And I they, and I know it's they it's, put it they put a green green yeah, screen in right, the, 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 but it's still yeah, right. it, it always makes me laugh every time I you see that, and yeah. it, and it's cool because it's you know showing the connectivity and building the world and yeah. um, you know. And again, with this connectivity of the Marvel Universe, it goes all the back, way back to a recall of the original Iron Man. And there's, I mean, we needed to take a, a, a notepad with us. To, I, I didn't want to do it. I thought about it. I didn't do it because I wanted to sit there and I just wanted to enjoy uh, the movie without being too critical or like taking the time out to write. I, I'll do, I would do that a second time. But there were so many references and callbacks it would take at least a half hour to just kind of go through all of them like uh, the illusion where we talked about this already the illusion where the iron man armor is coming out of the out dirt of the grave yeah a nod yeah, to I marvel zombies of, uh, right Mar- not to marvel zombies yeah. right yeah it, it, that that was re- really really creepy especially when you see the, the teeth in like the busted uh iron man faceplate yeah, right, right. I thought that whole sequence was awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. And that started becoming really interesting, yeah, too. Uh, and uh, so the drones acted just like as movie projectors, like a, 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 an army of holographic movie projectors floating around, a swarm of them. So all these kind of things that you saw, you know, so it wasn't really Hydro Man. It wasn't really Zephyr. It wasn't really Molten Sandman Man, or, right? right Sandman right. or Molten Man. It was just, and they, they kind of... Um, what was that thing that we, we, we didn't look it up, but they referenced one of the, the high school students was was like, oh, yeah, that, I read something online about this one guy who turned into like sand or something like that. Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they dropped. Uh, it was Hydro Man's Hydro- name. And if you look it up, the name that they use is the actual character Hydro Man. Right. right. Uh, yeah. He says he saw it on like TMZ or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be podcasts and YouTube videos that outline all of these kind of Easter eggs, and we'll bring those up as we go along. But we we can't. We we we're not going to do a complete uh, thorough list of all those. But it's packed. It's just yeah, packed with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even going back to the beginning, like we said, the movie starts with major spoilers on Endgame. It's a yeah. memorandum video to to Tony Stark, Black yeah. Widow, in, in um, memoriam, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the part that made me laugh during that sequence is there's a picture of the vision, but it's all pixelated. It looks like somebody snapped yeah, it yeah, with yeah, their phone. Like, just like a high school kid was doing it super lazy and just yeah. like, let me just go. I'm not looking at the pixel dimensions or resolution. I'm just going to throw that on yep. to uh, uh, a Google Slides and pop it up there. Yeah. Yep. And they also showed, which which I got a kick out of because these are discussions people have been having since uh, Endgame is – if you snap back, you know, people look, it appeared that they were coming back, right. like right in the same spot where they disappeared from. And they show the scene in the high school where the, the band disappeared and they come back and it's during a basketball right, game. Right. And it's, uh, they're getting hit with basketballs and things like that. So it, it's, uh, you know, even uh, people were saying, you know, they're, they, they go back to their house and their wife was remarried or you know right aunt may came back into her apartment and she appeared and then there was other people living her in apartment and a married couple and the wife thought that her husband was having an affair she was a mistress yeah yeah (laughs) which was which was funny yeah really great you know it was really good i mean and it was a balance because they wanted to keep the movie light and the something like the snapping uh what do they call it the blip oh the 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 blip the blip i'm gonna keep on calling it the snapping but the blip they which could they could have gone very serious about it but they had that make this balance of it being light-hearted when everybody comes back so um yeah based on the trailers where they they showed um you know peter basically flipping around seeing iron man all over the place and crying he saw his eyes all puffy i thought that was going to be like the first half hour of the movie yeah and it wasn't it was actually interspersed throughout throughout um but but none of it was like sad or or sappy it was all done in in almost like a i don't want to say a jokey way but like you're like ah you know yeah. like th- that kind of thing yeah they didn't lean into the melodrama of it they showed that peter was sad but i mean i guess peter's conflict and i guess it always was you know in the comic books but peter's conflict is like listen i'm spider-man i get it i know i have to help people but just right now i want to hang out with my friends i'm a 16 year old kid and i want to be 16 yeah i want to be 16 i want to go to europe i uh, i, I want to get together with mj and i'm just a little tired of it right now and it wasn't like he didn't want to be Spider-Man. He just didn't want to be Spider-Man that moment. He just needed a break from everything. Right. And 
that's that's the part from the trailer which I got a kick out of um, that they actually cut from the movie is the scene where he's flipping around with the cops in a yeah yeah in a, the, the restaurant in the beginning telling them that they got to do their job because he's going on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you know had that scene been in there, it would have yeah. tied more of it together yeah. where people at home were actually taking care of things for him while he's away. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of missed that scene a little bit. Yeah, the structure of this film is very much Euro trip. This structure, they're just every every uh, few scenes, they're changing uh, European countries. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's very reminiscent of that. So you know, of course, with it, you know, when they're when they're creating this film and they're thinking about it, what's a good high school movie for you know? Uh, they thought about Euro Trip. I'm sure they were looking at it. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, only like what would you say? Yeah. Ten maybe minutes of this takes place in New York. Right. Right. Um, right. The very beginning. The, the very end and that's basically it yeah they put peter on a plane they put peter on the plane within the first five minutes of that of that of the film and only the very last uh the very last scene of the film was set back in new york city yeah yeah right but it's nice you know what though i miss that you know i i know i know but i like seeing spider-man swinging around Manhattan. swing around new york yeah yeah, yeah. you want to see yeah it. You I, see it. yeah me, me too that's why i thought um because during the middle of the movie they're like oh we're going back to new york and everything is gonna you know that their trip's ending basically yeah and that's when i thought oh, all right this is gonna switch we're gonna be in new york we're gonna get some uh some great spider-man new york action because even in in homecoming there there was none of that because it was in queens yeah. the whole time so queens, you didn't really right, get right, him right. swinging around uh manhattan and, and right, the, the, those right. kind of crazy things so um you know. um, all of the um, uh, all of the the entire cast, they the returning cast, they did a great job. MJ was great. Um, okay, MJ, I'll, just lean into her being Mary Jane. Just go with it, you know. Well, I mean, they said Michelle, they got to do it. Yeah, they're gonna con that. I mean, they just got to go with it. I, they probably shouldn't have made that decision in, you know, the beginning, uh, the first film. But she's MJ. She's one hundred percent MJ. There's not going to be another MJ that they're going to make up. Uh, the other character, uh, the the high schoolers were there for pretty much comic relief, and the teachers uh, were comic relief. But it was fun, and it was humorous, and this is what you're coming into this movie. Even though it's they're dealing with very serious context, everything is played uh, lightly, lightheartedly, and for a laugh. Yeah, it's a perfect follow up to to Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but speaking of Peter's classmates, I know. Everyone was gone for five years and didn't age, but uh, Ned looks like he should just be graduating college right about now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he looked a little bit on the old side compared to everybody else. And that's it. They got to do that because, They're you great. know, I know I, I grew up watching Happy Days and, you know, there's a point there where all these all these actors are in their 30s and they're still playing uh, high school kids. <laughs> it was like, you know, it took it took a while for Fonzie and Richie to graduate from high school, right? Right. You know, and because they they hire they hire them in their early 20s and it was just uh stuck with them for now. Yeah. But uh I I got a kick out of Mysterio during his reveal when they were re- explaining how they're doing all the the tricks and everything and he shows up and all he's got on is one of those uh with CGI uh, motion capture suits that you always see uh, Mark Ruffalo yeah, in, yeah. right? That was really good. They were just like, yeah, just yep. put him in that, and it was a brilliant, a brilliant kind yep, of thing. It was great. Kind of, it was great. Right? Yeah, I, I got a kick out of that. I really dug that. I really dug that. I I did like how uh, he was tricking Peter with different versions of Nick Fury being an illusion, which I said to you during the movie. I go, Fury's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know what? I think you're right. 
And um, the, the first thing that, that clued me to it was there's the scene from the trailer where Mysterio is explaining the multiverse. And uh, Nick Fury says, Quentin Beck's from a different uh, Earth, just not ours. Okay, so we're here right now in the conversation. So we're going to be talking about not the mid credit scene. Let's go right into the post credit scene right. because this immediately relates to this. Okay, so right. right, so we're watching it and you're like, he says what? Yeah, so so in the, the trailers, it's Mysterio is not a part of our Earth. In the movie, he says he's not a part of your Earth, talking to Peter. Right. So that was the first clue I had. Where okay, that's the first indication. That's something not something's Fury, not right. right. And, yeah, and and and, mm-hmm. and he was. You said this yesterday. He was missing his swagger. It, it wasn't the regular Nick Fury bravado and, and swagger. It and, was. It was like yeah. It was like I'm like wow. Sam Jackson is kind of phoning it in yeah yeah this way. right it's like he doesn't have that intensity or those cool lines he's not a, he's not as badass as he usually is right right so that was my first clue. so i said to you during the movie i, I go fury's definitely a, a hologram or something and then it turns out he is during the, the great sequence that we talked about before with iron man yeah. coming out so of mysterio ground. is yeah right. mysterio is fooling peter into thinking to get the information from peter about who knows mysterio is a big fake so he comes to him at a certain point as Nick Fury, um, and Nick Fury is always popping up. So Spider-Man is like, what's real? What's not real? And, you know, there's a political context of that too, which we won't get into, but it's like, what is truth? How is the media presenting truth to us? Uh, So there is a kind of uh, modern political kind of discourse in there. But Mysterio is just showing him all these illusions. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know which way is up or down. Um, And Spider-Man, the only way he could... Spider-Man defeats Mysterio is digging deep and using his spider sense, which they called the the, the Peter, Peter Tingle. Tingle. You're right. <laughs> so that you know, Spider-Man digs down, and you know he's able to see through those. But back to Nick Fury, I thought something was wrong in the film because, and it was again that scene in the bunker, I mean underground in in Venice, where he goes, "Oh, what about Captain Marvel?" And then Nick Fury goes, "Don't bring her up." Right, like really, kind of. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I'm like, it was weird. That was out of character. Right. That was out of character. Right. Yeah. Why would he? T- why would he say that? They're like, I know that we didn't see a resolution of their two characters together, really, in Infinity War. They might have had Some a moment, yeah. but they, yeah, yeah, or something. But it, yeah, it didn't. They didn't say, "Hey, uh, Captain Marvel, I haven't seen you for all this time." So there's no. What's the conflict there? Why? Why would he say that? Right. But it turns out when you watch the. Uh, so post so yeah so we're gonna talk about the the post credits first so the first post credit scene played and i I looked at you and i said what did i say i was surprised what that nick fury wasn't a scroll right 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 and you you kind of you kind of made a face and then the scene comes on and him and maria hill are in the car she turns into a scroll he starts playing with his eye patch then he becomes a scroll right and i'm like how I, I can't believe um, that they actually went th- that route, yeah, yeah. which I thought was, was so, really cool. So during the entire film, and this is in the post-credit sequence, not the mid-credits, post-credits, it turns out the entire film, other than the Mysterio the illusion... Where, illu- where they were an illusion. They were right? an illusion with an illusion, right? Because right. they were... It, was, it, it wasn't Nick Fury the entire movie. It was uh, Ben Mendelsohn's Skrull character. What's the Skrull character's name? Uh, Talos. Talos. And his wife. Right. Um, I, I, don't I don't remember her name. Um, so they're, they're there in the car. They turn into Skrulls. Skrull. And then 
Talos makes a call to Nick Fury. Nick Fury, who, in space, who is on a space station, which we believe is... We believe it's going to be the introduction of S.W.O.R.D., which is S.H.I.E.L.D. in space. Right, right, right. right. Absolutely. So... A couple weeks ago, I mentioned to you that I there's a, a Spider-Woman a miniseries that's written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and is drawn by Alex Malid, Yeah. Where, where I said, we should read that for the podcast because it's only seven issues. We could probably do something pretty cool with that. And today, I, so I this was... this is new? It, it's a couple years this old. Is... It's a couple years old. Okay. Um, but... Because I was a big fan of... I mean, I know Brian Michael Bendis just started writing everything. But I, my favorite of his was when he was his run on Daredevil yeah. with Malib. Yeah, that that is untouched to me. That that's that's one of my favorite runs of, of all time. Yeah. But the the Spider Woman miniseries that that he did because I was looking at this this morning, you know, as I'm downloading things to my iPad, and uh, the story actually is her as an agent of Sword with Skrulls. Really? Yeah. So I think it, it might be cool for us to check out and and talk about and see if they can do. A potential Spider Woman movie with right, with this right, kind right. of um because she she's an agent of Sword doing things and it's it has to do with the I think the scroll and the Secret Invasion right. where a bunch of scrolls were the Avengers um so they could definitely do things of that so here here it goes right so there's a number of species in space right so we have the Nova Corps the Nova Corps uh, their planet was destroyed which was actually on the the, the movie that uh, on the plane that Peter was right, going right. through. There was a there was a Nova. Uh, I think it was a film, no, no. right? Nova is a PBS science show, and they had oh, do, they okay. had they had Doctor uh, Sel- Selvig. Is it was that another one? I it was so fast, and right. all I saw was Nova. Well, what, what's the, the name of the professor from the first Thor is Professor Selvig, right? right? Yeah, and then he was like on the show Nova, but of course Nova is 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 the hero in Nova Prime. So when they're doing sword, what I imagine Nick Fury and how I see that that they could possibly do this is they start making Earth and Nick Fury starts making partnerships with these um, uh, species in space that have been traumatized that would need to have that. So it would, you would get the Skrulls, right? Who I believe their homeworld was destroyed by Galactus, but we'll get into that in another episode. Uh, Nova Prime. Right, right, and the Nova Corps, um, their pl- their planet was destroyed off camera by by Thanos. By Thanos, right, right. Uh, there's the Kree, but the Kree is a complicated, large scale thing. So who knows if there there will be a good Kree or bad Kree, and the Kree could be part of this. So they could go kind of start working together as a kind of proto uh, partnership between um intergalactic peacekeepers basically right 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 outside of the guardians of the galaxy and of course there are huge villains that uh, especially after the 20th century fox deal characters like galactus where they'll actually need that right 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 definitely all right back just back to the movie one thing i was surprised that they did was kill off mysterio which uh you know they, they haven't done a now, lot of now again again no no one ever really dies and mysterio is an illusionist right so um so one thing is let's go directly to the mid credits uh sequence to talk about that yeah because what happens is spider-man defeats mysterio, uh, mysterio. D- each d- mysterio is shot by one of the drones right and then in the post credit sequence uh, uh you know at the end of the film 
Peter grabs MJ and they're swinging around the city. Then in the mid credit sequence, uh, that scene ends where they land and she's like, oh, I don't ever want to do that again. He jumps up on a lamppost and then it looks like on Madison, was it Madison Square Garden? I think it was yeah, the garden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had a big screen and it's a breaking news, right? And who do the we see? The biggest surprise of the movie. Biggest surprise which, of the movie. Which spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't, if you've gotten to this point and you haven't, like, because, I, I mean, there's not really the crazy spoilers or whatever. This is the biggest spoiler. If you still kind of think, stop here, go see the movie and then come back. Right. Before we break this one to you, because this is the big one. Yeah. And we actually called this in our previous Spider-Man episode, or not, not called, I should say, suggested right. what they should do is bring back J. Jonah Jameson with J.K. Simmons right. as the actor who plays Absolutely. him. And who shows up on the side of the screen? J.K. Simmons as, as da- DailyBugle.com as like this Rush Limbaugh, Alex Jones type character, conspiracy theorist, shouting into a microphone. And what does he reveal? Yeah. that uh, So it's some video from Mysterio that was altered. Altered uh, footage. His, right. That scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, basically says, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Right. Right, that Peter Parker killed Mysterio. He was saying Mysterio is the the the, the greatest uh, hero we've ever had, and Peter Par- uh, Spider Man killed, killed him. him. And right. and and they do it really good. They go and Spider Man is, puh, and then it cuts off, and they were like, oh, oh he didn't they're not really going to do and it. Then, and then and it then comes it just back. Comes yeah. Right back, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, they I knew they wouldn't do it. Oh my gosh, they did it. So you're like, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, I knew they wouldn't do it. Oh my gosh, they just did it. Yep. <laughs> So, I mean, right. for, for anybody who doesn't know, in the comics, one of the, the most controversial things that they ever did was actually reveal Spider-Man's identity. And that was a big part of the Civil War comic right. where uh, Spider-Man sided with Iron Man who were it, – it, it's similar to the movie Civil War where um, they basically had to register with the government. But part of that was when you registered, right, right, you right. had to reveal your secret identity. And that was the major conflict in the comics. Right. And the fact that Spider-Man took his mask off at a press conference in front of everybody was a huge deal. And in the MCU, he was one of the last ones with a real secret identity. I mean, people knew he, right. he wasn't really hiding it. There's, there's parts of the movie where he's walking around without the mask on. I'm like, if you got a telephoto lens, you're going to get a yeah. picture of him and MJ kissing on the, the London Bridge, right? Or the... Uh, right, right. It, you know... Oh no! Oh, back, just just a cut to that. That he's in the the shield uniform, the black shield uniform, and he's uh, oh the, the uh, night monkey, monkey man, night monkey, night monkey, <laughs> yeah, night monkey. Oh, yeah. night monkey! That was that funny. Was I laughed good. every day. I mean, it's it's a silly joke, yeah. but it oh, worked. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the fact that it's Ned that comes up with it, and it just gets passed all around. But um, yeah. So J.K. Simmons is back. Yep. He's shouting. It was like whoa. It was the it was like like the biggest reveal of the film. It was awesome because you know what he did such a good job in the Raimi movie. He was he was Jameson. It was such a good choice to bring him. I mean, back. He, he was Jameson. Yeah, I mean, it's stunt casting. Yeah, it was stunt casting. It was a thing. But like we were talking about, this opens up this kind of possibility for the MCU that they could bring back characters. Who played these characters in other other versions of it? Right, like uh, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm. I know that's your favorite. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, you say that again, Anthony. I'm going to quit the podcast. <laughs> I, it's over. It's done. We're over. <laughs> she was fine. She was fine. 
<laughs> I listen. I know. I don't want. I don't mean to dig on Jessica Alba. She, I'm sure she's a lovely person and she has her thing, but she was miscast as Susan. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, you could go back now that they do this, and you know what? MCU is a is a juggernaut, and it doesn't matter. I know it's too early. We were talking about this coming out of the theater. I know it's too early, but you know what? In ten years. It's okay to bring, I mean, 10 years is a long time, and we're probably going to see X-Men before this, yeah. but it's okay to bring back McAvoy, James McAvoy and Fassbender. Yep. You know, I mean, right now, too soon, too soon, but that's a possibility, and good. I'm glad they brought him back, and it doesn't matter. The audience will accept that we don't have any kind of problems with it, uh, and it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, to see it him. was great. Yeah. To, it was great yeah. to see him, especially because right. like I've been watching, um, kind of off topic, but a show Brockmire that he was on. And uh, if anybody's never seen Brockmire, it's about a baseball announcer. It's it's comedy, but it's you know, not your normal family comedy. But anyway, uh, J.K. Simmons was on there as, as like his rival announcer. Um, so just seeing him recently, and then you see him back as J.J. was it was great. Right. All right. So. Um, so yeah, so JJ reveals uh, Spider Man's identity, and that's obviously a big, big, huge piece of news. But you know, like I like I mentioned before, in, in the Civil War storyline, they actually did did that, and um, there was a I think way out of it with Doctor Strange. I think he did some kind of like amnesia spell, right? That uh, caused people to actually forget what they they saw. Oh, you mean how to how to how to they, how to how to keep his secret identity? That, yeah. Or they just like you bring uh, Ben Mendelsohn comes in and plays Peter Parker, and then there's Spider Man, and then there's other yeah, ways they, there, to, there's uh, ways around it. Whether they do it or not, we'll we'll see. Exactly. So yeah, Spider Man Far From Home, great fun summer movie. Another great addition to the MCU. To be honest, I think that Welcome to the Multiverse was um, oh into the spider verse excuse me into sorry yeah but believe me i i've seen it probably 20 times this week my kids love that movie yeah. um every night you know we have to watch it so and 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 this is not a hit on far from home i just think that into the spider verse is such a good movie with such heart and pathos i think it just edges out it edges out this movie as it's just a little bit better than this movie, but they're both really good movies and fun. I see, you know, I'm, you know, uh, but I think Spider Verse was just such such an amazing uh, film that um, with such heart and you know there were times when I was getting really really emotional in Spider Verse, but this was a lot. Yeah, of fun. I, I I agree. Right. So that was our uh, spoiler filled review of Spider Man: Far From Home. Awesome. I can't wait to see where, where they go. Absolutely. All right. So our last topic of the show, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Jessica Jones season three, which just came out along with the entire Marvel Netflix experiment that uh, is now dead. Uh, rest in peace to uh, to the, the Netflix MCU. Um, so first we're just going to talk about Jessica Jones. We're going to breeze right through it. Um, 13 episodes. Uh, I really liked this season. I, I felt a lot better than, than the second. Um, I don't think it was as good as the first season, yeah, but yeah. Y- you know, you have a, a great villain and that elevates your, your, 
your show, especially when you can develop one, which they did in, in this season with Gregory Salinger, who, who's full killer from the comics. Yeah, I would say I'm making the joke that, uh, yeah, Jessica Jones is fighting Dexter. This yeah, ba- basically. I mean, I've never <laughs> seen Dexter, but the little bit that I know about him, that's essentially w- w- what you have here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's re- it's really good. Um, if you haven't seen any of the Netflix stuff, or you know, have seen some and not others, we're we might spoil some stuff. Uh, we're definitely going to spoil some stuff, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. most of it's most of it's enjoyable. There's enjoyable. There's definitely more good than bad. I feel, even though there are some clunkers with with yeah. this. Um, but w- what about you? What did you think of this season? I, again, I'm going to go agree with you that um, uh, way better than the second season, even though there were some moments in the second season of Jessica Jones that I really liked. Way better than the second season, but not as good as the first season. I mean, the first season is with David Tennant as Purple Man and just his, their relationship and the, the, the villain and, the, and, and how, how psychological that was it was it was amazing it definitely one of the top netflix seasons of all time the first jessica jones this one was really good i i really like the character of trish who's uh, hellcat the avenger hellcat from the comic books i think her character progression was really really interesting and everything that they did with it and the kind of uh conflicts and situations that they put them through i really liked her character and again uh, jerry who is carrie ann moss is her character jerry, jerry hogarth yeah i i was just gonna say be- before you mentioned her i felt like the the secondary characters got better arcs than jessica right in the season i mean we know who jessica is we know what she does but yeah everybody else basically got full arcs i want to say right. even yeah. um the character of Malcolm, who's who lives down the hall from Jessica, he he was I I really liked his his storyline. He's he's a good character, yeah. He's a good character too. Yeah. Again, and I'm going to say this about every single Netflix uh, now that it's now it's all over. Every single Netflix series it ran too too long. They had a lot of stuff, and and it, it did it it didn't feel at there were less empty episodes with this season of Jessica Jones than, let's say, the second season of Jessica Jones or any of the um, Iron Fist episode, uh, uh, series. But again, it could be brought down. It could have been brought down to eight episodes. Yeah, there were there um, were two episodes this season where it basically showed the same episode from Hellcat's perspective. I, I liked that. Um, that actually was my favorite. What, their, their favorite, because they did... The first episode, the episode beforehand, was like three days... It, from Jessica's point of, point of view, yeah, and then they, yeah, and and then they, then they went to the same situations with Patsy Trish Hellcat's point of view, and I kind of like that. I, I, that, that's one of the kind of storytelling kind of affectations that I that I liked. With yeah, I guess that's one of the advantages of uh, like telling the story in a, in a streaming outline, where if you were watching this or a streaming format, if you were watching this weekly, it's kind of like doesn't propel yeah. the plot forward in any way because you kind of already know what's going to happen more or less but when you can breeze through and they're only like 45 to 50 minutes it makes it easier because you can watch two or three in a row and uh and kind of call it a day yeah but i mean overall i i enjoyed it you know i thought it was interesting uh hellcat you know basically became the punisher at the end <laughs> yeah 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 it's kind of what, what what it was um where she was she was going around killing people and uh i mean oh, always bad people because your heroes or anti-heroes can never kill a good person. It's always the, the, the bad one. 
and it, it was it was enjoyable. I really liked what they did with how they integrated the character Hellcat and it's her convoluted Backstory. Marvel Comics origin. Then she's one of she's one of the oldest Marvel universe Marvel Comics characters all the way back to Timely Comics. Only a couple of years after Captain America, she was introduced in the in the late forties. She was like his love interest or something, right? No, 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 no. She she it was a it was um it wasn't in Captain America comic books. It was in her own teen romance oh, okay. comic book, kind of like a a more serious Archie, a more you know soap opera Archie uh, comic book. And then she went through this whole whole thing where she got her powers because she was be, uh, when Hank Pym, McCoy. Hank Pym um, Beast, yeah, Hank Beast. McCoy Hank McCoy, the Beast Hank McCoy turned blue because he was messing with his own genetics and all these kind of things going through all the way through her becoming an Avenger in the 1970s and then all the craziness in the 90s that happened to the character I really liked in, in Jessica Jones how they integrated that teen romance aspect of the character in that she was a child actor in that and those scenes with her and her mother and 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 trisha's relationship with her mother as a stage mom and that kind of complex love-hate relationship between the two was really well fleshed out i mean and i and i'm I'm watching jessica jones and, and at the time sometimes i'm like you know what this these characters are strong enough you could take away all the marvel stuff you could take away all the superpowers and if you had this kind of storyline of just centered around a, a really good detective and a detective agency uh you, you know you wouldn't have to change a lot to kind of make that work as a show irrespective of you know the superheroics that uh yeah i it, my only complaint is i wish they, they integrated the shows more like i would have liked to have seen like Matt Murdock come in and be like a lawyer for Jessica Jones kind of thing, you know, stuff like that. Right. I mean, you had Luke Cage show up a couple times, which he, yeah, well, the the first season that his introduction just, I thought was great. Right. He comes in, right. Good. And it was integrated, integrated into, the, into story. the story. Right. Right. Uh, but this one, it was just, hey, I'm Luke Cage. You gotta, you know, you gotta do your thing. Remember who you are, and yeah. then walks out. I mean, why did he even show up? But it was like it, it was. It was. It was confusing for for. A couple reasons. Um, where he he left his season at the end of season two, he basically took over almost as like he the was king. a bad guy. He became a oh, bad guy. right. I was gonna say almost as like the kingpin, and then he shows up, and it's kind of like yeah, hey, you know, do good, don't do bad, kind of kind of conversation. Right, it was like right, a, yeah. a three minute yeah, scene. Um, that that all he showed up for, and it didn't really like do anything. Like, there's no reason that Malcolm couldn't have had that conversation with her or um what, what's the guy's name? Uh Eric that she was kind of semi dating the, the the whole right, season. Right. You know, so overall I I enjoyed the season. To me, Daredevil is the cream of the crop as far as these these shows go. Yeah. Well, you go back back a couple of seconds. Um I was hoping that uh Colleen Wing and Misty Knight were going to appear. I thought, you know, if um they would have been great instead of Luke Cage. They brought those two characters in. It would have been really interesting to see them get involved in, like the, the the hunt for that serial killer. I think that would have been would have worked out really really well and get given more time to those two really good yeah. characters. I mean, didn't they they do that in was it Luke Cage season two where they called in? Um, well, Misty Knight was in was in that, and I I think Danny Rand showed up. Yeah, right, Misty. 
Yeah, Misty Knight is a Luke Cage character. Right. I mean, yeah, and and Colleen Wing is a Iron Fist is a Iron Fist character. So on to the MCU. This isn't part of the MCU. It's MCU adjacent, is what it is. MCU adjacent. This was the conflict between Ike Perlmutter and Kevin Feige when they right when the Marvel Cinematic Universe started coming. And they were like, all right, we got a Ike Perlmutter who was in charge of TV and toys was saying, we're going to do this stuff. And he pushed it. Um, and the people from Netflix really ran, uh, they, they made the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then the Netflix, Netflix shows. And they really did a good job in the beginning, but the quality dropped off. And then kind of, it was really high quality. First season of Daredevils, first season of Jessica Jones first half of the first Luke Cage yeah. and then it kind of dipped and there was like a low end roller coaster ride of quality to really really bad uh, Iron Fist to pretty good stuff um, that, that was that the was Punisher. better the first season of the Punisher is excellent the first episode of the first season of the Punisher was great and what happened is I think the relationship between the relationship between the MCU and the Netflix shows and all the television shows was severed during uh, Winter Soldier when they destroyed S.H.I.E.L.D. And then all of a sudden the S.H.I.E.L.D. television series kept going and they are completely unrelated. Now in Jessica Jones now this time they talked about the raft a bunch of times. So the TV series is like, yes, we're part of the Marvel Universe. And then the movies are like, no, you're not. Right, right. (laughs) Well, I guess Disney know that they were coming out with their own streaming service, so you can't have competing brands on different streaming services, right? Um, So I don't. So Runaways is not MCU. Cloak and Dagger is not MCU. Anything that was on television is not MCU. I think it's going to be that anything that comes on Disney Plus, right, will be MCU, and all these are just you know. You know, leave it. It's like the Venom movie. It's up to you whether you believe that's part of the MCU or not. Yeah, basically. Right. So we have a special connection with, with Daredevil, right? We um, we got to go to the premiere of season two. That was awesome. Yeah, we, we saw the first two episodes because I, I'm a uh, Marvel Unlimited subscriber. And when these things first kicked off, they used to send invites to a whole bunch of things in New York. And one of them was the premiere premiere for uh, Daredevil where we actually went and we got to see the first two episodes with like the cast in a theater of only about like 500 people which was pretty cool very cool uh, I, actually I don't even I don't even know if it was that many people to be honest and then you know things would come up where I'd get invites for Luke Cage and I got one for Iron Fist but I couldn't go to all of them the only one that we went to was Daredevil and then I actually went to the Defenders premiere where they showed the first two episodes I know you couldn't make that one yeah 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 and then after that, the invites stopped rolling in. Oh. So, because I would, I would always tell tell T, hey, get ready, I'm going to get an invite sooner or later. You know, because they only send you the invite maybe like three or four days in advance, and they don't even tell you where it is until the day of. Right. Um. You basically just have to reserve your spot, and then those invites stop. And I kind of thought something fishy was going on back then. Yeah. And then sure enough, slowly all these series started getting canceled, which which is unfortunate because. I would have liked to have seen more. Maybe do another introduction of, of a, a new character. You know, like they did with the Punisher. Started in Daredevil and they, they spun him off into his own. Yeah, yeah mo, mo, I, I would accept Moon Knight being a Netflix character. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Yeah. But real quick. So so we like Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, definitely worth checking out if, if you're into all this stuff. If you're, especially if you're a completist, watch it. It wraps it up. Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, does a great job. All the, all the... 
the actors are here is well cast. I love uh, the Jerry Hogarth character and her arc uh, going through. It gets a little muddy at the end with her character, but her her motivations and who she is. She's a very well developed three dimensional character. Right. And I just like watching Carrie Ann Moss uh, act. She's I, yeah. I, I liked I liked her since The Matrix, and she's awesome. So definitely. Jessica Jones, it's it was you know definitely a BB plus for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's again, um, you know, I mentioned this before. It would have been cool to see Jaron Hogarth and uh, and Matt Murdock square off in a courtroom. Oh yeah, yeah. You could have done two episodes of that. Okay, yeah, uh, de- prosecutor. Well, they're both defense attorneys, so who would be the prosecutor? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, they could figure well, that out. Right. With a couple of lines. Right. Or maybe they're they're part of a a bench. Right, right. Is it called or, a bench? Or, <laughs> or co co counsels, but then I, then I guess what what is foggy what is foggy? Now one do, suing right? the other, one suing the other. So it's not it's not a uh, not a prosecutor for the city or a federal prosecutor. It just could be they're suing each other, right? Right. And counter suit and countersuit, right? And they could have done that. But yeah, I, I definitely rec- definitely recommend Jessica Jones. It's a very solid season. Um, it's worthwhile. The characters are well developed and. As far as the thirteen episode format that Netflix goes, it, it, there, there's very few down lows in 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 this uh, in this season. Yeah, to me though, like I said, Daredevil I think is the cream of the crop. To me, that that's my number one series in terms of a whole. I don't feel like that one had the the lows of any of the other series. I felt like that maintained um, right, right. A, a high high. I thought Bullseye was a great villain. Kingpin, great yeah. villain. Even the introduction of the Punisher and the Hand was awesome. Right. To me, th- th- that would be the first one I would go back and rewatch for sure. And I, I have gone back and rewatched yeah. sequences. I mean, the episode four of season three with the the prison escape of just an 11 minute sequence of the one take yeah, is, yeah. is insane. And yeah. most of the Daredevil stuff that is the best isn't even Matt Murdock as Daredevil in costume. I mean, it's it's him running yeah. around with a blindfold on his head, right? Right, right, right. Um, like that old Hulk one from the nineteen uh, early eighties, <laughs> late seventies, early eighties, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, all all the Daredevil uh, seasons are solid. The first season of Punisher solid. The first half of the first season of Luke Cage was great phenomenal and then it just it, it's it was and it was like a drop off of quality right when they got rid of cottonmouth when cottonmouth yeah. dies all yep. of a sudden it, it like it's like i'm watching a different television show um so that first half of luke cage was so great and how how harlem was a character in there and how lovingly the camera uh was looking at this, you know, romanticized Harlem that I, I really loved, and it, it's it's true, right? You walk down those streets, you do feel that, and they capture that feeling of it. But then it was a drop off, really, in Luke Cage. Right. It's the the villain when they switched villains, basically. So Mahershala Ali was Cottonmouth, who was right. I right, thought right. one of the best villains in all of the all of the shows. Right. What's the cat what's the actor's name? Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Yeah, so he was on the latest season of uh True Detective. Right. He's great into the you know. He was actually the prowler in uh Into the Spider-Verse. He did the voice for the oh, prowler. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um he was on House of Cards, so he has Netflix uh history. But yeah, I mean he's a great actor. And then when it did the switch over to Diamondback. Luke Cage's name, brother. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was like it just wasn't what, as, what am as I interesting. Looking at? Yeah. 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 I wish I wish the first season of Luke Cage ended there. 
and Alfre Woodard. Even though oh, the best part of the second season of of all of Luke Cage is Alfre Woodard, but she wasn't, you know, in, especially in that first half of the right. The, but she she became a little bit cartoony. You know, it's comic but cartoony, Car- right? Yeah. But she she did such a great job. What a great character! And even in the second season, she really held that series up. That that second season, of Luke Cage would have been as bad as um, Iron Fist. Iron Fist, if they didn't have Alfre Woodard. Yeah. So and and that first season of Punisher, the Defenders was meh. It was like, hey, we're all together, and you can't do that for how many episodes was it? Six. Yeah, it was only six or eight. I I don't I don't remember, but yeah, it. I mean, the, seeing them all together, working together, fighting together is always cool. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. the best part of the Avengers. Seeing all their right. them use their powers together. I don't. Yeah. I, I know Defenders gets a lot of heat. I, I liked it. I um you know I haven't seen it since the since it first came out. So I, that's one of the ones I like to go back and rewatch mainly because it's it's also a, a shortened season, so you can get through it a little quicker. But I, I enjoy the Defenders. And and you know thinking about the J Jonah Jameson oh, the casting you know, stunt casting right, uh, there's a lot of Netflix actors that I want to see in the MCU, and just you could ignore. Just like they're gonna, you could ignore the context and the continuity of of the Netflix series and bring them back. Right. The the, the Netflix series is there if you want to go back and bring watch it. Back, you don't have Kim to. It's a jumping off. Basically, the entire cast of Daredevil, I I would bring back. Yeah, yeah. There, there's nobody Foggy, I would recast. Fo- yeah, yeah, Foggy, yeah. Karen Page, Matt, right. um, like you right. said, the Kingpin, Kingpin, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah, terrifying. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. I, I, uh, please, if I could pick three people to bring back, it would be a Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, two Bernthal as Punisher. Bernthal as Punisher. Just, just, just. If you have the Punisher in the MCU. Just put Bernthal in there. Right. Just put him in. Don't explain anything. Just put him in there. Uh, what was my third? There's a number of them that I, you know, that I, I would love to see and and bring back uh, Karen Page and Foggy and everyone because the characters worked really well. Yeah, so. I mean, you could bring back Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. You could do a Daughters of the Dragon series, but you you wouldn't you wouldn't need to you wouldn't need to necessarily bring those those actors back. No, you don't. You don't. I'm I'm talking about the characters. Yeah. Well, the characters are going to come back. The characters yeah, are going to yeah. eventually come back, right? Yeah. Um, the, they're not going to leave the Punisher out to dry. No. Right? I just hope they bring Bernthal back as, as the Punisher. Yeah. I mean, even, um, I mean, I, I would do like a Heroes for Hire next. You know, that that was uh-huh. one missed opportunity, I think. The second season of Iron Fist and the second season of Luke Cage should just been one season Heroes for Hire with them all together. I, th- I don't think it should have been the Defenders. I think it should have been Heroes for Hire. Because in my mind, the Defenders were always the Hulk, Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, Valkyrie, Angel, and the Beast. Right. No, I mean, they, they tried it. So legally, and this is what I've been reading online from reputable uh, sources that kind of know what they're talking about. I don't know how one if it's 100% true. But the deal between Netflix and Marvel, and now Netflix is making sure that they uh, Marvel Studios has to follow it, that they cannot use any of those characters for two years and that doesn't mean that in two years we can have a daredevil movie what they're saying is they can't even start production on anything with the punisher anything with daredevil anything with jessica jones any of these characters 
uh, it can't be put into production uh, for another two years after now that I guess Jessica Jones I don't know exactly when that starts whether it's when Dare the last season of Daredevil ends and that's cancelled when they cancel that and how it goes like that yeah I'm not sure either but but, but they can't use them so there's going to be a hiatus for all these characters and let's see what they do when they bring them back yeah and these are all kung, quote unquote kung fu characters where you don't have crazy huge special effects so you can you know you you can i don't want to say put something out pretty quickly but i imagine it doesn't take as long as like a spider-man or you know obviously avengers you're not going to have a a 2000 spaceship uh, battle uh, over uh, an explode around exploding planet over wakanda yeah you don't need to have you know again you could you know shoot them in normal sets because they're street level characters but you know what I mean? I mean, how, how, how crazy would people freak out if there was some movie uh, three years from now in the MCU and then there's some kind of thing going on the street and then, then all of a sudden uh, John Berthal appears with a Gatling gun and starts holding <laughs> people down. Well, see, that, that's kind of what I was hoping for in, uh, in Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. when you had the, the ancient one on the rooftop fighting the, right, the, the right, Chitauri. Right. If it cut around and it was like like exactly what you just said, Barenthal just unloading on a bunch of them in, in new york somewhere or luke cage punching a couple of them in harlem with danny Rand would have been pretty sweet yeah absolutely so we we it sounds like we're in agreement here um with jessica jones it's worthwhile it's good netflix and all of a sudden the netflix marvel series are over and we're looking forward to the start of disney plus that'll be next that'll be next uh, so Netflix, what is Netflix doing now? They're doing uh, all the, uh, they made a deal with Mark Millar. And what are they calling it? The the, the Millarverse? The Millarverse. Right? Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. from what's coming in with Netflix with uh, uh, Jupiter Circle. I really like that comic because my favorite comic book artist working right now is Frank Quitely. Uh, I just love uh, his work, and when he's working with Mark Millar, it kind of like grounds Mark Millar's writing. It really, uh, Frank Quitely's art, I feel like, really humanizes uh, characters uh, and shows like an, an, a kind of like a deeper emotion in the panel. Yeah, it's a little little rough around the edges, not not so smooth, yeah. and it's it's and, and and shows really good quiet time with characters. So it, I'm looking forward to that in in the Netflix series so i'm looking forward to that we'll have to do an episode on, on those stories the jupiter's legacy and jupiter's circle yeah. those, those are pretty good comics yeah go go check those out no doubt it's like what we were describing it as a kind of like watchman light right okay that was jessica jones yep i think that was a good spot to wrap up we've been rambling for almost an hour and a half now so <laughs> i think we can call it a day there we go this was issue three of not all podcasts wear capes Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks.